0: Welcome everybody to the very latest Bolt from the Blue podcast. Unless you've been living under a rock, you will know what has been going on. Enormous controversy as uh, our team lose 2-1 to that bunch of scum down the road. Uh, uh, Let's just um, start off by introducing the people that we've uh, got to talk about this. Uh, Now, uh, we're going to start off with... um, with uh, Ray, the longest-serving, I think, um, member of the BFT pod- podcaster. Ray goes back, like, four years, I think. Um, but you don't look too well, Ray. What's going on?
1: Yeah, i got a bit of the old lurgy. I've been, uh, I been. I did all right over Christmas where I, uh, I was fine, and then my family came back from holiday, and whatever they had, they passed it on to me. So uh I've had a rough few days. Uh, but I tell you what, guys, today has been... We, we thought Southampton was bad. That was rough watching that pile of crap. Um, and then today, you know, we we've, we've been robbed, man. We've been robbed. It's it's terrible. It's a terrible feeling. I feel guys, naked. Uh, I feel naked without me with three points. We should have got three points today.
0: I feel naked. I've been stripped of three points. Guys, that that is not a visual image that you want to dwell upon for very long. <laughs> very long. But I'll tell you what. A lot of people um, were saying. What's going to happen to the BFTP pod now that Colin has taken a sabbatical? Well, the answer is we've got uh, Bernard Janine, who is of similar vintage and a
1: uh, lot better since uh, uh, Colin's left. Is that what you're saying?
0: No, I'm saying that he hasn't left. Colin's on a sabbatical. Ray, oh, he's on a sabbatical. And we got what? Uh, and we got an older, a new old person. John? No, what what I'm saying is see. we've got we've got someone with some seniority has right. been through all of this before that doesn't faze Bernard about this particular uh, result. I'm absolutely sure. How do you feel, Bernard?
2: Gutted, mate.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it always hurts, doesn't it? It always hurts. And we can all take defeat, can't we? But it's the way you get beaten. It's as simple as that. It's never good to get beat. But uh, yeah, there was uh, there was more than just a football team that beat us today. There was uh, something else as well, but I'm sure we'll get onto that.
0: All right, well, guys, um, let me give you some interesting statistics that uh, I'm sure Ray will absolutely want to comment on. Now, it was was only 104 days ago. City won the Derby 6-3. According to all of the press, that was a scoreline that seriously flattered United. Uh, It could have been 10. But since then, let's think about this. Since then, uh, Ten Hag's uh, uh, Man United team have got their act together a little bit because of the 18 matches they've played in all competitions since that game, they've won 15 and they've only lost one. They're on an eight-win sequence and they've had a perfect record since the World Cup, uh, after the World Cup uh, break um, was over, okay? Now, let's contrast with Man City, okay? So, since that uh, that win, when we duffed them 6-3, we have lost at home to Brentford. We were held at home by Everton. We crashed out of the League Cup against Southampton. We're five points behind the leaders, Arsenal. Um, they're not. We're, we are not playing to our usual standard, and uh, slightly unsure of ourselves. I think with with uh, Guardiola himself even even admitting that the uh, that performance against Saint Mary's would would spell uh, trouble against. Um, what you could say is an inform, uh Man United. Um, although we were absolutely amazing in the first half of the FA Cup game against Chelsea, there were still warning signs there, and Ray pointed them out. You can't say that he didn't in the last podcast. So we'll start off with Ray. Ray, what were the omens going into this game? Well,
1: you know, I, 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 we 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 talked about it yesterday. I had some positivity. You know, uh, <laughs> some people call it unfounded positivity for this game. But I thought it's about at some point we'll manage to make it click. You know, Pep will get a, a tune out of these players and we'll get back to some banging form where we were, you know, when we beat United 6 3, we beat Copenhagen 5 0, and then Southampton 4 0 back in early October. I think we were, someone said, we were averaging four goals a game. That's incredible. Yes, we might argue it's unsustainable. But if we're if we're scoring four on average four goals a game, how many chances are we creating? We're actually creating we were creating quite a lot. And even after the when we came back against that Liverpool, when we beat them three two, we must have had eight or ten really clear cut chances. I mean, no, no, uh, Jack Grealish had uh, I think three good ones, and Haaland had uh, I think two or three chances to score our trick. Um, Leeds, same. Oh, I think the Leeds one was when uh, Jack had a lot of chances. Leeds, we, you know, we just got we won three one. We had a lot of chances, but since then it's all dried up. But I ha- have faith. I thought, you know, maybe Gunduan's words in midweek to say, you know, something's missing. We need to get firing again. Maybe Pep's words. You know, Pep said it wasn't a surprise we lost against Southampton. Um, mm-hmm. pff, that crap statement, to be honest, because if it's not a surprise, then um, why didn't you? do something about it. You know, if you can see it coming, then do something about it. Um, so that was a dumb comment, but I thought Pep's comments would finally get through to the players and and, and possibly someone needs to speak to Pep because, you know, someone's missing, someone's missing big time. That was a worry, but you've got to go into these, op- I try to be optimistic because, uh, you know, or you know, I'm in my fifties now. So many derbies, you've gone in pessimistic, hoping against hope that you know you can just score a goal, especially when United were in their pomp.
0: You can't but, possibly be in your fifties, Ray. You you don't look a day over thirty-five.
1: <laughs> yeah, cheeky swine, Mike. I love you for it. Um, but you look like my dad. Anyway, that's another story. Uh, but but you know, I went in with I went in with some uh, some hope that we might be able to turn it around looking at the team sheet. I'm, I'm without naming names. You'll go through that with Bernard. I'm sure. You know, it was probably one of the strongest lineups we could start with. But we was mm-hmm. we, we we didn't create, and we'll talk through it. You know, f- fantastic that we had one shot on target. But that's been one shot in two games. We're just not creating. Creativity is not there. You know, Harland, who was sticking goals in for fun, isn't scoring. Whether he's getting into the wrong positions, whether people are just doing blind balls from. I don't know, but. As I said, I went in there with with some hope that we could turn it around because we don't go on long runs of terrible form. We don't. We always manage to turn it around. But it's like we're like an oil tanker at the moment going in the wrong direction. And um, we have to stop the oil tanker and slowly turn it around. And I haven't yet seen evidence of that old tanker stopping. So I'm asking myself, when are we going to turn it around? I was hoping it would have been today. We'd have been fired up for a game against uh, the dirty, rotten scoundrels down at Old Trafford. Um, you know, our, our noisy neighbours. I thought we'd uh, the fire would be in our bellies. Pet would be up for it. The players would be up for it. But we were like soft puppy dogs again, really, uh, for, for a lot of this game. We were poor. Um, so yeah, it went in with hope and uh, that was dashed on uh, some terrible rocks, like a shipwreck, uh, off the west coast of Ireland.
0: Well, uh, let's go over to uh, Bernard for the uh, lineups. I'm going to very quickly go through the Man United lineups and then get on to the main thing. So obviously uh, they started off with uh, De Gea, a, a goalkeeper who's absolutely amazing. When you shoot straight at him, you've got Juan um, Bissaka, who Man United have been uh, trying to flog on the quiet. There's been no secret about that. Rafael Varan took a step down from um, glory in uh, Spain to play for United for all of the money that they were offering him. Um, a slightly improved uh, Luke Shaw, I think, that people... He's playing a sense about Luke Shaw. Uh, in this game, uh, Malasia juries out on him. Ericsson recovering from um, heart trouble, but uh, obviously seems to be uh, still uh, quite... Uh, a good representation of the figure that he always was. Casemiro, a decent player, uh, although superannuated, I think. um Fred, Fred who Fred, who even on um, the Mark Goldbridge pod was getting dogs abuse until about t- two weeks ago. Uh, then uh, Fernandez, you know, who's you know the, what the greatest midfielder ever ever to grace uh, the Premier League, uh, Martial. And a player with a questionable mentality and Rashford who's been on some uh, some good form. Uh, whipping through their their substitutes, they've got a, a guy, uh, a substitute goalkeeper, Heaton Ray I think that must be um, Paul Heaton, the lead singer of the House Martins from yeah. back in the day um, Lindelof, of course, they don't trust him. Maguire, who knows why they paid 80 million for him Martinez, a decent player, although diminutive. McTominay United have been trying to sell him on the quiet as well. Uh, someone called Mainu, Anthony, who was the great saviour, who seems to have slipped down the ranks, Um, Ilanga, and uh, their new version of Phil Foden, they cry, uh, a guy called Garnacho. Anyway, let's get on to the, the more important stuff, and let's see um, how uh, how Bernard did. So we had Ederson and Go, uh, Kyle Walker, Akanji, Ake, Cancelo, Rodrigo, uh, Kevin de Bruno, uh, Bernardo uh, who we you would want to, to like uh, you know rile up the opposition fans, Mares, who's in form, Foden who we all hoped would play, uh, Erling Haaland of course and uh, that was that our subs were uh, Ortega out of uh, out of shape, Calvin Phillips. Gundogan the controversial essentially controversial Jack Grealish, Laporte, uh, Alvarez World Cup winner, Sergio Gomez, the kid who hasn't really proved himself so far, Cole Palmer, the great White Hope, and of course Rico Lewis, who has, of course, Walker fearing for his place. Now, in that starting lineup, Bernard, how many did you get? Ten.
2: I got ten. Uh, I'm happy I'm happy with that. Um I had Stones in, of course, but in my uh, some guy said, Oh, you would have had eleven. I said, no, because I did say if Stones didn't play, I'd like to see Laporte in there because I certainly didn't expect Pep to play Cancelo uh, uh, today, in fairness. And I thought Aki was going to end up playing left-back. And, uh, yeah, so really, I think most people were quite happy with that. I don't think there's any big, big problems with that 11. It was a bit like the old-fashioned city, wasn't it, with the Cancelo? You expected him to rampage up, 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 the, up the left. Not do a lot, but at least rampage up the left. And it was nine of the players that started in the 6-3. So, you know, you're going to stick nine of the players that started in that uh, when we terrorised them, let's be honest about it, and slaughtered them, uh, you,
0: you've got to think we've got a good chance. And uh, I think most City fans were quite happy. Well, I don't know about you, Bernard, but I would say that I know I know a chap that might have a problem with that lineup. At least one or two problems. So we'll go over to him right now. It's it it is our beautiful Ray. Ray, I'm sure that you had at least one quibble with that lineup because you always do. Um, what? no,
1: I think. I agree with Bernard. I was expecting pretty much that lineup. Uh, once we knew Stones was out, it was just a, to work out who would be centre-back. I, I thought if Laporte was ready, then Laporte and Akanji would go centre-backs and Aki at left-back, that's what I thought. Told you. Yeah, no, it was, it was not a quibble with it, you know, that was my opinion. It's, a, it's different to a quibble, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's I have a, I have a caravan of love for this Manchester City team. Uh, I have no quibbles about it. I I, I honestly thought, um, you know, um, a- a- Aki would go in at left back. But it was, as I said uh, uh, earlier on, it
0: was almost the best side that City could put out. You couldn't really complain about it. Well, I think there were some people complaining. I think a lot of people were thinking Akanji could do with the rest. Let's have Laporte in there because he's, on his, on his day, he's probably one of the best. Um,
2: yeah, and some, some people, people play with two left-footed centre-backs, so that's not Pep's that, way. Is it?
0: That, that that that's true. That's true. But the other thing was, um, you know, let's go with the um with the good feeling of um of Alvarez and maybe even leave Haaland on the bench. Although I argued against that myself. Um, but anyway, that was those were the lineups, guys. Getting into the game, uh, so there there were only really two changes to. The 1-0 win against Chelsea, and that was a Kanji and Mares coming in. Uh, Gunduan and, and John Stones being injured. So off we go then in the game that everyone hates. Um, big news coming in from Manchester United. They've uh, signed um some <laughs> sorry, I can't say his name without laughing. Woot Weghorst, who was an absolute failure in the Premier League before he went off and did some good things at the World Cup. They are very, very confident now. They've got that guy in. I'm not sure where that confidence comes from. But uh, heading into the this particular game, you had Arsenal five points uh, ahead. We had um, uh, United four points behind. And unlike uh, Newcastle, unlike Tottenham, uh, we don't, we don't, we didn't have a game in hand on them. So I mean, the the ramifications of a United win or draw were quite stark. Bernard. How do you think that we started off against them? Well, I noticed
2: it wasn't it. it didn't seem. I mean, obviously, I wasn't there today, but it didn't seem like a cauldron, Old Trafford, uh, which is a bit disappointing the fact that uh, we couldn't work on that and uh, quiet them very quickly. And it was a very tentative start, wasn't it? A very nervy start without... Without particularly intensity of a derby, it didn't seem. To have to, I want to talk about it later on. Actually, about the uh, the intensity and the passion. Certainly, when we went uh, when they equalised, I want to have a word of that later. But yeah, um, I think both teams just trying to feel each feel each other up, if you like. See how we're doing. But certainly, certainly was not not a lot of passion there. I don't think there was a lot of hundred percent commitment. No, no tackles flying in. Uh, particularly left, right and center, if there was anybody doing it. You know, United did one or two. Obviously, that young lad uh, was playing at the back was uh, sort of leaving his foot in a couple of times, wasn't he? But, yeah, I mean, and the early chances fell for United, didn't they? I think Fernandes had a, a great chance after Bernardo had cocked up, which he tended to do a, a few too many times today. Uh, and he dragged his shot wide with uh, Edison scampering across. And Cancelo, I think, had a, a, a nice little block uh, I'm not sure who who was uh, having a go, but when someone did attack, uh, it was actually United, and it wasn't until about the 24th minute that uh, I think Haaland got got his first touch and managed to get a shot in, but that was charged down. So, yeah, er early knockings, very poor, very quiet for a derby, but United were edging it already.
0: It was a bit quick, and they were edging it, although one thing that made me laugh, Ray, was... um, uh, as they were taking the knee and after after they were they stood up after taking the knee you look at Erling Haaland and he really looked at their defence and he saw um Luke Shaw as you suggested as a, a central defender and I think he fancied his chances didn't really work out that way Shaw had a good game uh, in, in my view what what do you think Ray about Luke Shaw
1: yeah um it's a funny thing I, I I was chatting with my brother-in-law who was watching the game with me, a United fan, and um, for that first half, we, we, we said, I haven't heard Luke Shaw's name been mentioned. Mm. You know, Harland Towers over Luke Shaw um, and... I thought, you know, he's easily going to win any battle in the air. But yeah, I don't remember hearing Luke Shaw's name be mentioned. That's how little he had to do. Varane, very, very similar, had to do very little. You know, as Bernard said, that, that kid, was it Malassia or something? I'm oh, sorry, I can't pronounce his name. And he put some, you know... Um, Late pushes and niggles on on Mares. And I actually said, from a United perspective, I wouldn't be worried about that. He's actually putting his foot in. Yes, he's a bit late. Maybe he should have been yellow carded earlier. But, you know, they were putting it about a bit, a little bit more than we were. Uh, I'm going to slip off topic, but I think some of the desire has gone because, you know, it's a derby. And I said this many times if we match other teams for work ethic, then we generally win games. Because you know, then our, our our quality can shine through. But we didn't put any pressure on that United defence in the first half. I mean, the best attempt we had was Kyle Walker from about twenty-five yards in injury time in the first half. There was no spark, no spunk, no creativity. You know, no guile. Very, very little going on from City.
0: Mm-hmm. The opening uh, opening exchanges, Bernard, were were quite interested interesting because um, you had um, some very interesting uh, exchanges. You had um, uh, Martial being uh, absolutely monstered by a Kanji, but then a, a minute later you had uh, Cancelo being hacked down by Ericsson, who's not known for uh, that kind of thing. But um, it, it seemed to me that uh, the, the Stretford scum were up for it, uh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, even even they were, but again, as I
2: said, it wasn't it wasn't a passionate affair. But at least they they looked a little keener to to get involved and. You know, sadly for City, which we've done so many times this season, you know, we thought, "Come on, get get going, someone, someone right, get get." If Pep isn't on the touchline uh, bollocking him or getting him going. Who is? There's nobody on the pitch. We'll come to that later again. But there's, there's nobody there getting us getting us up for it, and we're in the ridiculous situation where United had a couple of decent half chances, and then. You get Edison, who's not done too much. Uh, he's not even having to do any sort of distribution. Uh, we got away with one. when he, You know, he commits himself, ends up in no man's land. This is the 34th minute. And really, uh, only because of Rashford's uh, the tight angle, but it's, it's more Rashford's fault than Edi- anything Edison did. I don't think Edison pushed him out too wide. He couldn't find a shot or couldn't find a player in the middle to pass it to. And, you know, we could have easily been a couple of goals down. And, we, you know, it, as Ray said there, the first real chance shot we had on target it was, it was Walker in the 46th minute, which was absolutely crazy. And I said there was no... No passion, no no need for any mass passion from United. They put the foot in a couple of times. Let us know they were there, uh, and they were they were winning the battle as far as getting shots and shots on target and, and having a go. And City just didn't. Again, we wasted out. We wasted half a game by uh, not getting not having that commitment and not not getting getting the ball into the right spots. And Mister Highland, uh, he probably touched the ball two or three times do that first half. And the commentators uh, mentioning. You know how hard he's working. He's running into space, and he's not getting the ball, and all this stuff. So we, we didn't, obviously didn't see it. This was all off camera, but we didn't see. it But he may as well not been there because he wasn't getting any sort of service, and he didn't look as though we could find a way
0: through. We talked about this a little bit on um, on Ray's channel about the lack of a dominant uh, captain figure. I mean, people would laugh at me now and and, and talk about that being a, d- a dinosaur. Um, a, a Kind of a, a approach, but it it, it did uh, take someone to uh, g city up. And um, uh, Ray, I don't think that either Gundogan or De Bruna has that in them exactly. I mean, and pe- they're kind of like begging for Ruben Diaz to get fit again because yeah. um, it, it was it was it the, the, there was no one providing that sort of, sort of you know uh, fist bumping that you that you yeah. kind of need. We need someone with a little bit about them, a little bit
1: of leadership. Can I say a little bit of anger? You know, you you got that from say someone like Vincent, Vincent Company. He demanded respect. He you know you got he he got it immediately because he was that's, he was a leader. He, he you know on the pitch and off the pitch. You got it from Fernandinho. He used to kick some backsides around a bit. I just don't think there's anybody who's prepared to drag them around. You know, United have had it in the past with people like Roy Keane. You know, you can call him whatever you like, but he was a leader for them on and off the pitch. Um, well, off the pitch, I mean, in you know, in the changing room, <laughs> not in public. But I can't think of who we've got. All we've got is Diaz, who leads from the front. No one else. Walker puts himself about a bit, but he's sometimes a bit of a headless chicken. Just no one else. I'm looking around that pitch. I'm thinking, who's that guy who's going to get stuck in? Who's going to put that? You know, uh, can I say uh, put his foot in? Leave it there you know, stick one on the opponent, who's going to do that? Who's going to drag our players through games? There's no one there right now, and you know, we do need, I think you're right, Mike, we do need someone who's going to kick some backside whilst they're out on the pitch, someone who can think uh, on their feet, and and, and galvanise the players, because I don't see that right now.
0: I I really don't. Uh, Bernard, um, I don't think Manchester United have that kind of player either, although I did think that um, I was impressed by Casemiro. He doesn't Uh, you know fist pump as much but he's the best defensive midfielder they've had in many a year and um, I thought he was um, uh, pretty effective and efficient and um, if he hadn't have been in there it would have been a lot easier I don't know what you thought about his performance but I was I was kind of impressed for his age
2: yeah I mean for his age I mean I've seen a lot of comparisons on Twitter today social media and Everyone bigging up Rodri, which you know, and he's he is rated. I've seen a couple of sites where he's rated the number one defensive midfielder. But I, I do I do sometimes wonder what a defensive midfielder is supposed to do because far too many times our defence is exposed, and I wonder where my defensive midfielder is, who's, who's supposed to be stopping uh, these moves happening. But obviously, cleverer men than me say Rodri's fantastic, so I'll, I'll have to go with that. But uh, Casimir, in the same way, you um, didn't have, he wouldn't have had as much to do as. Rodri today. Rodri played very, very well, but you know, because we didn't put him under that much pressure in and around the box, uh, you know, for his age, he probably he probably had a time to have a couple of drinks and uh, you know play the game because we we certainly didn't uh, worry him too much.
0: Yeah, well, one of the people would definitely argue with you um, about the skills of Rodri, I think Bernard uh, Bernard is um, Sid Lowe of uh, the Guardian and ESPNFC who thinks that this is the. The, the greatest defensive midfielder in the world. And well, I, I think isn't that
2: midfielder is supposed, supposed to be useful defensively. And he, he's all right in the middle of the pitch, in and around. But against someone like United, they bypass him. They just bypass
0: him far too easily. Yeah, I think his opinion <laughs> ha- has got something to do with the difference in pace in Spanish football <clears throat> as compared to the Premier League. He obviously looked a diamond. Uh, when he was playing in in Spain, of course, but um... we saw it, we saw it against Southampton, we we had players running running around, just watching watching
2: what the opponents are doing. We had it again today. We had four or five players in shouting distance, whether a goal was legal or not legal, or right or wrong. And there's no one there's no there's no one actually involved. Like Ferner used to do, used to do the the, the horrible stuff. You know, he used to do the. You know, we didn't get one player booked today. This is a Manchester derby. We've just a goal has just gone in in the 79th minute. All right, I'm jumping ahead again now, but this all comes back to passion Spoiler and all, all, all. comes back to this. We didn't have one player booked today. I'm sorry with that frustration that we had after that equalised. We should have utilised that, and we're not seeing it. We're not. See, we didn't see it in the 79th minute when we're all frustrated because of what happened, and we didn't see it in the seventh minute. So you know, there's, as Ray was saying there, there's definitely something missing, and it does worry me just a little bit. But as I said, people are saying Roger's a fantastic player and I'm quite impressed with what he does. But sometimes I think he perhaps he perhaps should do a, a little bit more for the supposedly the best defensive midfielder in the world, which is what people are touting him as.
0: Well, Ray, it looks... Uh, Fernandinho obviously taught Rodri quite a lot, but he didn't quite teach him how to be a nasty son of a bitch, which Fernandinho was. Um. Yeah.
1: Oh, sm- sm- smiling silent assassin was Fernandinho. Hey, Rodri, I think, has got better at, the, at some of the dark arts, shall we say. Um, but like Bernard said, you know, I don't think he's a defensive midfielder. I think that's a wrong way of look. He's more like a holding midfielder, which is slightly different. I think basically he's there to to take the ball off the defence and, and and take it forward and and then pass it around. That's his job. Um, so I don't think it's defensive, really in 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 that respect, so I think you're right, time and time again, or, or far too often, it's not all the time, he does leave the defence a little bit exposed, and, you know, you want a bit more protection, and that's why United have been playing with, like, two defensive midfielders when they had Fred McTominay, because their defence was crap, so they, they'd play with two defensive midfielders to protect them, and then rely on four attacking players to score the goals, I don't see why, you know, it depends how you want to look at it. I said before that I I don't mind having two DMs or two two players there where it's. Um, I thought we might try it out today, but uh, with maybe Cancello there with um, um, Rodri or Bernardo there with Rodri, but uh, Pet went his own way. He doesn't, you know, doesn't listen to those sensible fans, does he? Um, but he did, he, you know. I don't know. We used to say when Rodri's not there, you miss him which which is true i think so using that as your uh, a- example of um, how how good he actually is when he's not there you do miss him you know when you had calvin phillips there you, you miss him tremendously um but as a as a protection for the defense i, I don't think so.
0: uh Berger, there's quite i was quite surprised about the number of people um younger and older on twitter saying if we had a had a double pivot of fernandinho and nigel Dijon in that midfield we would have won that game about 4-0. Um, I don't know what you think <laughs> about that. Controversial opinion, but uh, what do you think?
2: No, well, controversial opinion as in having a couple of cracking players that would make the difference in a in a Manchester derby. I don't think there's anything controversial about it whatsoever. That's what we liked. That's what we lacked today. And uh, even though we, we did lack it, we should have still probably won it. And it would have been one of those games where we said... Well, all that matters is the three points, but unfortunately, it uh, didn't work out like that, did it? Uh,
0: the referee Ray was uh, Stuart Atwell of the, at uh, the ta- <laughs> at half time. At half time, at half Ray, not not at full time, at half time. How did you think he was doing? I'm going to ask you first, and then I'm going to ask that to Bernard.
1: Okay, I will just change. Uh, off. all right. First half, I'll, I'll let him off. I'm, I've got to comment on the second half. I've got to use his name. I would just add a T.W. Uh, at the start of his surname, and that's my <laughs> feeling about how
0: he. you're setting off now. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm just I'm just laughing at that. Um, I wonder if what, that makes the edit. <laughs> uh, what What do you think, uh, Bernard? Yeah, I think um, similar
2: to Ray, that first half because, because as I said, that the pace of the game and uh, a, a, a sort of lack of passion, um, it it didn't uh, it didn't have a lot to do, did he? I mean, I would quibble with perhaps the linesman putting his flag up every time uh, Foden was like an inch, potentially an inch offside and stuff like that, which obviously he didn't tend to do in the second half uh, against us. But uh, uh, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> That was fine. It was, it was just as yeah, crap right. as everybody else, every other referee we've got. So yeah, but nothing, nothing significant. Nothing as demoralised as what happened in the second half. Uh,
0: Ray, let me read you um, the first half summary from a, a journalist called Will Unwin, and here he goes. Let's uh, let's just let's just digest these words and see how much you agree. And he says, "Those expecting Manchester City to bounce back from the loss to Southampton." with an uh, impeccable display, will will be disappointed with their first-half offering. The recent flaws of individuals being 5 to 10% below their best were frequently highlighted through poor passing and decision-making, and even Ederson joined in with a dreadful choice to run out of goal, allowing uh, Rashford to round him only for his shot to be stopped by a kanji. United looked disciplined, Every player knowing their role, executing it perfectly to make them difficult to break down and dangerous on the counter, and arguably should have scored uh, twice through Rashford. Overall, not a classic. Ray, what would you say about that summary?
1: Can't disagree. Can't really disagree. You know, the two best chances, probably the three best chances, felt United. Uh, Rashford should have done better, with, especially with his second chance, uh, when he was clear through on Edison. Uh, and his first one where he rounded Edison because Edison came out with with a brain fart uh, and, and just charged out of his goal. I think he could have done better because his, his shot was pretty weak and straight at Akanji. It's like you know uh, a, a back pass to him. So tacking wise, it, uh, they had the mo- the better threat. We were we were incisive. We weren't creative. We really did very little. Uh, as an attacking force United were, yeah, they were disciplined they stuck the boot in when they had to they were very quick when they got the ball to make that ball move, quite the opposite of what we were doing. when they got that ball um, they made it move very quickly from back to front and got Rashford charging at our um, defence and we weren't uh, uh, properly equipped to court because uh, a couple of times he got through, so that's disappointing and um, And yeah, for all the, I think we probably had better possession stats than United. Uh, We, and United basically were holding us at bay at arm's length and waiting for a mistake, which generally came very easily with some awful passing and positioning at times. They just waited for that mistake, got the ball, moved it up quickly. And we're threatening, they they looked, as I said, for, even though we had probably most of the ball and and, uh, probably most of the control on the break, they looked dangerous. Um, So you know, parts part of me thought we were quite fortunate to go get in at halftime nil nil, uh, and you'd you'd like to pick up
0: from there. Uh Bernard, um, there were there was a substitution on halftime. It wasn't from Pep. Uh United uh, uh brought on Anthony, took off uh Martial, I like think it was. Yeah, yeah. And um and then uh very quickly looked like City had a chance because De Gea, uh, as good as he is in, in certain situations. He headed um, a back pass straight back to Mahrez, Um and nothing actually came for that. But the, the, there were early warning signs from, from for United at the beginning of the second half. And then, of, of course, in the 48th minute, we, we saw something that uh, you don't often see. It's Kyle Walker, you know, storming into space, down the middle of the pitch, just like Kevin De Bruyne and, um, you wonder what he's going to do with the ball, but he he found Bernardo Silva with a lot of space to his left, and he he comes through on the box, takes a shot, takes a shot, and it just I, I don't know, he just didn't have any power on it or or anything. He just bounces through to De Gea, and people are thinking, oh, this is going to be a long second half. What did you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously at our time, I put on Twitter that I'd, uh, based on that 45 minutes, I'll take a point. I'll take a point out of this game. I'll, I'll be quite happy because that that was shocking. But you did see a change. You did see a change at the start of the second half. United, uh, for whatever reason, I'm not, I'm not too sure that City vastly improved, but obviously... Uh, perhaps United uh, was showing sure as a bit more respect than in the first half. I don't know why, uh, because I obviously think he could have gone in two or three. And up as has been said before, but yeah, there was definitely a a change in City. Pepper definitely said something, or his his number two might have said something. Who knows? Who knows who said something? But uh, yeah, it looked better. I put I put a little comment. I mean, have we had um some nice interplay between Mares and KDB on the right, didn't we, where it ended up, you know, where Harland's not there. Bernardo ends up heading it. I mean, where, where the hell's Harlan when you need him? Bernardo tries to head it back. It ends up with Phil Foden, who sort of tries to get a penalty, but it was nothing. He was just sort of bundled out of it in the box. But I actually, when I, I, I was sort of writing my little notes while I was watching it, but I'm not at the game, I just write little notes down. And I said, uh, this is looking better now. I'm quite happy with this. And, uh, of course, the change was made on 57 minutes, which was a positive change, because Foden was absolutely awful today. It was shocking. Uh, And Grealish came on, and I'm sure we'll talk about uh, the continuing success of this uh, better-looking city side.
0: They were better-looking. You had uh, uh, good combinations between uh, De Bruyne and Mares. They combined down, uh, down the right. De Bruyne was away crossed it over to uh, Silva and he should have gone for goal but instead headed it across the face and uh, Varane was there to clear up. Uh, a couple of minutes later, Cancello uh, dribbling down the left and then was just um, pressured off the ball by, by Casemiro. Claims a penalty, no one's interested and the game goes on. 57th minute, Grealish comes on for Foden. For all you Grealish fans out there, uh, this was your moment. Bit of a head tennis in the United box, but um, a grillish. I, I thought what it was kind of beginning to make an impression, Ray. Him and Cancello were twisting and turning down the left, just weren't able to find a, a, a way through, and um, that seemed to have set the pattern for about the next five to six minutes. Yeah, you know, um,
1: I think we needed a change. Foden sadly has, has dropped off a cliff, he's not doing anything. Uh, which is extremely disappointing. You thought he, if anybody, uh, would have been really fired up for this game against United, the arch enemy. You know, you thought he'd have been sticking st- uh, in the booting. You know, who can forget that shoulder charge of Juanpisaca? The other year where he just bounced him off the ball. Um, and you know that that showed. You know, everybody and people say that epitomizes um, the lad playing for Man City, his his, his team. And there was none of that. There was, like Bernard had said earlier, there was no sticking the booty, no, you know, putting it out. And there was no aggression uh, at all. So Foden did now. Grealish come on. You can argue, couldn't been any worse than Foden. Um Grealish scored the goal. I mean, you know, you've got to give the, the kid credit. Um, I, I might as well talk about that now I've mentioned it. You had Maris out on the right. He, uh, I can't remember who was with him. Um And then KDB. A,
0: lo- a, lo- a lovely little pass from Marez to Bruno. Yeah, past
1: to KDB, but there's another player there. I don't know if it was who it was with his walk across somebody who distracted the defenders. KDB, excuse me, snuck through, and Casemiro was there, and KDB just he glided past Casemiro. Casemiro was trying to pull him back in the box, and actually, when you see when KDB crossed the ball in, Casemiro was holding his hand. Uh, and, you know, I don't know how people get away with stuff like that. It was it was mild thing, but you know he's, he was trying to pull him back. KDB got uh, dinked it over to the far post. Harlow was waiting there, and I thought he was going to try and volley that in or whatever. And suddenly, out of nowhere, Jack Grealish appears, uh, flying through the air, leaping like a salmon through the air. And getting there uh, in front of the United player, and, you know, no one was expecting Jack Grealish to do that. Got his extra ball straight in, 1-0. And he did the obligatory knee slide at the corner flag, uh, giving it some, shaking his fist in the air and everything else. Um, You know, we were obviously cock-a-hoop. I think on the balance of playing that second half, we deserved the goal. We deserved to be ahead, certainly more than United did. I don't think it offered much. And... uh, yeah, I think overall in that second half, we were more at it than we were in the first. Uh, as I said, deserve the goal. And you thought, you would hope that City wouldn't sit back on the lead like they did against Everton and leave United in the game for a bit of luck uh, to, to fall their way. You'd have hoped that City would have pressed to get that second goal and kill the game. But as it is sitting these days, you know, we didn't cr- much more, and we didn't go for the juggler. We should have been uh, on the. Th- we should have had our foot on the throat of Man United um, to, to score a second and a third.
0: Yeah, Bernard, just over to you. Uh, that was an excellent summary, I, I, I thought, by Ray. Obviously, um, KDB, uh, as, a, as equally experienced as Casemiro, throws off his dark arts, receives a beautiful, a beautiful short little pass from Marius and uh, no one expected that. No one, nobody expects Jack Grealish to jump up like Laporte or someone like that and nod the ball into to the net. But that that was a lovely goal.
2: Yeah, I mean he's not exactly well known for his uh, headed goals, I don't think, is he? But again, a bit similar to that Bernardo one early on, wasn't it? It's, uh... You do, ex- you do expect Ireland to be there but all- I think Pep was mentioned about Ireland always being in the right place at the right time wasn't he when he when he first started um, and it's probably not been happening recently he's, not- he's certainly not been in the right place at the right time and other guys have been uh, in that spot and uh, yeah but all credit to Grealish, he attacked it and that's what you want to see you want to see uh, perhaps Bernardo didn't do that perhaps it was a little bit high for him anyway Bernardo but uh, uh, gritty, attacked it. if you attack the ball and get your head on it uh, unless it's straight at the keeper and someone like De Gea who tends to attract a ball anyway when he plays in goal unless it's straight at the keeper it's in the back of the net and it it was a lovely goal lovely goal by Grealish
0: yeah you certainly um, you certainly don't expect that from him Um, I'm just trying to think Uh, guys uh, looking back at our history I'll ask this to Ray Ray who was the best player to nod in goals from corners and free kicks. Oh, I would, I would, I would argue that we have to go back to the, 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 the late eighties and nineties. I
1: don't know about that. Edin Dzeko was all right.
0: No, uh, before that, before that, before that, yeah. I'm talking. I'm talking about an Irishman, Niall Quinn. Niall Quinn. That wasn't too Exactly.
1: Now Niall Quinn was all right in the air. Edin Dzeko wasn't too He's bad. Better with his feet. Niall Quinn was
2: better with his feet than he was with his head. <laughs>
0: But um yeah, you certainly didn't expect that from um Grealish. I, I think Ray was right. It was a tight enough game up to that point, but I think that City deserved their lead. And what we were hoping for, as Ray said, was to press on from that. Because I I think I, I think we had them and um the, the possession stats were absolutely ridiculous at this point. City were like seventy percent up and uh we're thinking, okay, we've got Grealish out there. A uh, funny picture I've got here, I'll put it up later on Twitter. There's Jack Grealish in front of the cameras uh, shaking the Manchester United corner flag in the same way that at one time uh, Nazri used to punch it like a boxer. That was kind of funny. But um, what happened next, uh, sort of for the next 10 minutes, didn't really live up to that, Ray. Yeah, you know, we, we,
1: as a lot of people have said, lots of City fans have said, we backed off, you know. We we as I said didn't go for it. You know it's like you thought that goal would have galvanized us. We contro- I think we controlled the game for a while, you know, without doing anything. Uh, I don't li- I never like this one nil and, and you go off and you, you hold the result and, and you get it, especially with that amount of time to go. We were controlling the game. you know I really weren't offering that much, I don't think at that time. And we were seemed, we seemed content to uh, to to go with it, but I just thought to myself, you know, we we hadn't played well. We'd given up a lot of opportunities in the first half. We'd, we had been sloppy with our passes. We weren't creating much. Um, but I, I didn't understand why we thought we could just hold them at bay and, and and United wouldn't get an opportunity. You know, I would have liked just to have uh, some to play with some intensity uh, and and go for that second goal because I think a second goal. Would have would have finished the game off, and you know we, we should have looked for it at least. We should have put some effort in for it. But the other thing is, I've got I've got to say this: we shouldn't have been leaving ourselves uh, open at the back. You know, we're winning this game; we need to be controlling it. If you're not going to be all over the other team, swarming over them, creating opportunities, and and being ex- extremely dangerous, the minimum you're going to got to do, and we weren't doing that. The minimum you got to do is close your back door, keep it closed. And, you know, we'll talk about the two goals. I don't think we kept the back door closed. Yes, we were unfortunate, very we were cheated, we were robbed, um, shanghaied by the, by the officials. But you should still do better
0: at closing that back door. Simple as that. Well, let's talk about um, uh, the next goal. Uh, it was not much later, 78th minute, and I'm going to give you um, the reaction of the Associated Press, they're generally not. Um, uh, partisan, And they describe it like this, Bernard. And let's see if you agree. Casemiro rolls a pass down the inside right channel to release to release Rashford, who is well offside. Rashford runs along the ball, distracting defenders left and right, but doesn't touch it. Fernandez coming in behind him, gives him a shout. Rashford leaves it and Fernard, uh, Fernandez. Uh, Fernandez Opens up his body and whips across Ederson and into the right side of the net. Surely not a goal. Surely not a goal. And that's from the Associated Press. But that's not what happened. Bernard, what do you think?
2: Well, it's all subjective, mate, isn't it? Apparently, this is uh, it was subjective between the referee and the linesman because uh, I've heard from Dermot Gallagher that VAR didn't even get involved. So I don't know how true that is. Uh, that it didn't even look at it. It was just between the referee and his lines, but I did see him chatting. Uh, and it's just ridiculous. I mean, do, you're not allowed to play an offside trap now. You're not, you're not allowed to, to sort of hold back as a can. You're not allowed to try uh, and tactically, cleverly catch a player offside. I mean, because what is, the, what is the point? What is the point of doing it if that's going to happen? There's absolutely no reason in this world that defenders... Uh, can play t- can play players offside because what is the point now if that's going to happen it- it's-, it's absolutely ludicrous i mean everyone's talking about it, we're all talking we'll be probably sick of it yeah, the only people i'm seeing is, uh, are laughing about it are united fans because they know they've got away with it it's as simple as that and uh, you know, that, that's how it is. That's what all right. You, you'll, we'll probably get comments about uh Rodri's handball at Everton, you know, last or whenever that was last season or what you know these things even themselves out. But I am sorry, you talk about the basics of football. Uh, you must have the basics of refereeing, and I am sorry, that was just the basics of refereeing and, and we were well and truly done.
0: A okay, uh, big question for Ray here. Ray, if that goal was a legitimate goal, then all over- Arsenal's wins in the late '90s and 2000s, where uh, Tony Adams and 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 Steve Bowl did the same thing to play players offside, then none of them should count.
1: Mike, the rules have changed. The rules have changed since. Then. But as Bernard said, it was it was offside. Pep himself in the post-match press conference said Rashford is offside. Bruno, no. Rashford intervenes. He I mean, distra- even the BBC said that he was offside. For God's sake. Pep said he distracts our goalkeeper and our players, which is true. You know, people could argue that, well, um, Akanji wasn't getting there and the other defender wasn't going to get uh, to Bruno. You know, everybody, when people say City should have played to the whistle and all that. Well, you know, here's the thing. If Rashford wasn't there, that ball, first of all, that ball wouldn't have been played to him. OK, the ball was played to Rashford. Um and uh, Akanji, spot on bit of defending for me, spot on he timed it right, <coughs> caught him offside like a plonker uh, but Fernandez comes through, okay, the rules are changed to allow that but Rashford hairs after the ball and whether Akanji's getting there or not, Rashford's in between Akanji and the ball so Akanji can't easily go in a straight line. And when he realises that Bruno Fernandes might get a shot in, uh, I think Akanji has to try and run around Rashford because Rashford's in his way. If Rashford wasn't there and the ball had gone straight to Bruno Fernandes, then maybe the City player, defender, uh, who was near Fernandes, would have moved a bit quicker, realising that Fernandes was onside. He might have moved a bit quicker. Maybe he would have fouled him um, to you know, bring him down. Or maybe Edison would have come out And cleared the ball because, you know, he's a sweeper keeper. He's waiting for that sort of thing. But he sees that uh, Rashford's uh, offside and it catches everybody out. Surely that's not the way to play football, you know, where you're catching people out because of ridiculous uh, rules. And on top of everything else, Rashford looks like he's going to shoot. So Edison positions himself for Rashford's shot it covers the near post. And actually what happens is, um, Bruno Fernandes takes a shot. So what, what, whatever way you want to look at it and say this should have played to the whistle, uh, Akanji was never going to get there, blah, 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 blah. Edison is put off. He's fooled by Rashford, thinking Rashford's going to shoot. He's interfered with Edison's uh, thought processes and Edison's covering the wrong spot. Now, Edison might not have got it at all, but that's irrelevant you know, you can throw everything, as I said, throw everything else away. Edison has been interfered with. He's been distracted. He's in the wrong place because Rashford looks like he's going to shoot. Sorry, every day of the week, all day long, and twice on Sunday. That's a ping, um offside.
0: Uh, what, what, was, what was so funny? What was so funny was um, I was at the same time, you know, watching the game on, on a split screen with uh, Twitter on the other side. And... Um, every uh, i've got quite a lot of uh, liverpool and manchester united um followers on bftb who love to you know give it to me every single one of them says fernandez scores but it's no goal fernandez scores but it's no goal fernandez scores but var will rule it out and then 2 minutes later unbelievable and that, what kind of communication was going on where the referee and the linesman and everybody else in the whole world knew that was offside, but suddenly it gets overruled. I mean, what the hell is that about?
2: Well, it's simple, isn't it? I mean, the, if, you, if you look at the actual action at the time and the referee goes over to the line, the Lionel's panicking, uh, shitting himself because United players are complaining to him. He's shaking his head, apologising and uh, coming up with all sorts of things. Uh, the referee goes over. And if you, what Dermot Gallagher is saying is, is right, that VAR didn't didn't even get asked about it, uh, it doesn't surprise me because it was that quick being decided that it was a goal. I mean, let's face it, we should have been waiting at least a couple of minutes the VAR to make some sort of decision about whether the balls, you know, it wasn't overly clear whether Ashford had touched it or not. Obviously, he didn't, but you would have had to check back to a few, a couple of times just to make sure. Then he would have had to check, was he interfering with blah, blah, blah. So and it couldn't, the VAR, it's, it's, it's happened at Anfield, it happens at Old Trafford, where they don't have the VAR seems to suddenly not sort of work properly or there's a problem with it. It happens every time. Did you um, you know, it's wrong. Sorry, Ray, go on. Sorry, decisions made too quickly. Someone on my stream tonight said the decision was made in 16 seconds. That, tell, that tells me VAR was not involved in that looking at that goal, and it was up to the referee and the linesman. Once the referee had had a chat with his linesman, who was absolutely pooing himself, as I said, because he was getting surrounded by United players, uh, the referee obviously said, "Oh, yeah, that's fair enough. He didn't touch the ball. He wasn't interfering with play." Uh, Fernandez scores; it's a goal, and it was as Dermot Gallagher said, it was a subjective decision uh, between the referee and his
0: linesman. And uh, the the thing that really. Really, really, uh, one City fans up was that fool on ESPN FC uh, that appears on uh, BT Sports. But like Peter Walton, that guy that was a referee about a bloody million years ago, <laughs> says that, 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 oh, that this goal w- is in line with updated rules. My ass. <laughs> exactly. My, ass. My exactly. Ass. Uh, and to their credit, to their credit, the two growly Scotsmen, um, uh, Liverpool and and Chelsea uh, stalwarts were saying that's that, that's absolute bollocks. That's that is absolutely no goal. rubbish. You know, look, look, I
1: don't understand why the um, you know ex referees have to go around kissing ass. I don't understand it. Just call it out for what it is. It's a ridiculous decision. If if any referee thinks that's a, a legitimate not offside, they shouldn't be refereeing. Not. In the Premier League, not in the National League, not in Sunday League football. If you think that's not offside, you should not um, be, be refereeing and, you know, at all, let alone getting paid a lot of money for doing so. We have got some of the crappiest referees going. And I'm sorry, VAR has to look at that decision because it's debatable. It has to. It, it absolutely has to be looking at that decision. Now, what can happen is they can be getting... I'm trying to work out how can VAR not look at it they have to look at that decision because it's contentious. But they just, you know, have a little argument with the city. Did they look? I'm sure we'll find out if you watch match of the day. Or at some point we'll find out whether VEA did have a look whilst the City players were arguing with the ref and the linesman or whatever, and they agreed with the with the referee and the linesman. I don't know, but I'm sorry. Anybody who believes that was not offside needs a head examining because. He was interfering with play for the very reason I said. What well, you can throw, every, he can toss everything else out the window and talk about being yeah, yeah. Maybe this, maybe that. Edison was planted for uh, for Rashford's shot. He was set for Rashford to shoot. Rashford has to be interfering with play if he's forcing Edison to do that. And I just don't understand. If you'd seen that on VAR, you'd have had to say he interfered with play. Sorry, offside no goal city win three points closer to arsenal united stay in their crap position wherever they are you know they'll be seven points behind city we waltz on we hopefully get a little bit of uh, momentum from this and we move on to start challenging for the league my worry is that after the southampton game where we thought we might you know get a reaction we haven't got the reaction after the everton game we thought we might get a reaction we didn't get a reaction I'm not sure we're going to get reaction against Spurs. You know, it is a little bit concerning that we've got to play Spurs this week in a few days time. And, uh, you know, Spurs do seem to occasionally have that uh, hoodoo on us. We've got to beat
0: them and we've got to beat them bad. Well, uh, Bernard, um, I think that we're all looking forward to seeing the, um, the match of the day highlights in, in one of my, lo- my last classes, um, my students were reading a text and um they found the word stupefied <laughs> and they asked me uh, what that meant. And um, my my best definition was um, extremely shocked beyond all imagination. Stupefied. And I will be stupefied, Bernard, if Alan Shearer defends that refereeing decision. What do you think? Shearer won't defend it. Sorry to jump, jump in. No, well, yeah. What, what, what do you think,
2: Bernard? He's is an attacker, so you know he probably should, but he probably won't, as you said. But how can you how can you defend that? I just don't know how anyone can. Even 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 I've seen Liverpool ex Liverpool players who've been the first to slag City off. I know they don't love United any any more than love us, but you know I've even seen them on Twitter coming out. I mean, it's just you know and defend and saying that what a stupid stupid decision. And and this these are guys who've slagged City off for years and defending their yeah. Uh, Scouse friends, and it, it it's it's indefensible. You just can't defend it. And as I say, you, you have to you have to accept it and move on. But it is, it's very very painful. Well,
1: well at the time, and she it, said, "Sorry," uh, on Twitter he said, "Very clever, Marcus Rashford for Bruno to score one-one." But later on, um, she agrees with uh, so with this tweet that someone said. Someone says, um, "Surely he has interfered with player there, running after the ball and influences Walker's defensive position." By doing so and uh, Shearer then turns around and says absolutely so you know there, there, there is contentious uh, but when you look at that I, I've got to say it again and if you're on social media you'll see it time and time again there's a still picture of Edison covering his near post as lo- it looks like Rashford's going to shoot. Bruno Fernandes is nowhere near He's he's got to be 8 or 10 yards away and Rashford has got his leg pulled back as if he's going to shoot just outside the box. Uh, c- come on, it, it, a blind man, as my dad would say, a blind man can see that. Mm-hmm. That's just so obvious. And any, as I said, anybody, anybody putting an, out a counter argument to that and saying it's not offside, uh, you know, they don't care about football. They know nothing about football. They don't care. They're too tribal. If that, had, if City had scored like that, I'd have held my hands up and said that was a one. That was a bad part decision. You know that Rodri won against Everton last season when he when he uh, played basketball uh, in our box and they should have got a penalty. I said that was the wrong decision. I said, we got lucky. You know, United fans, uh, uh, turn around and say, we got lucky. We, we, rather than keep it quiet and keep it inside and, and basically troll us and troll everybody and say, oh, no, you're lucky. You know, and come up with some rank, awful reasons why it wasn't offside. Just be honest and say, we got lucky. Referees were crap. Officials were crap. We got lucky. Yeah, um, there's no point on Monday if PGMOL come out and apologise to City. Um, we lost three points. You know, there's no point coming uh, I hate uh, this. Coming back on a Monday and saying, sorry, we've made a mistakes, Oh no, you had enough people there. You had a referee, a linesman, and VAR, and you still got a very simple, obvious
0: decision wrong. I think that um, most of us would agree that amongst the European leagues, uh, when you consider the number of controversies, we have the worst set of referees and VAR decisions in the world and uh, guys if you uh, have been on um, our account on the BFTB account and you're celebrating that goal and you're rubbing it into us listen when it happens to you you talk to me again when it happens against you let's talk about it but for now we're going to shut up and we're going to talk about the winning goal and there was a winning goal and uh, this was um, due to uh, quite a good bit of skill from a young player called Garnaccio, who United um, uh, supporters are championing as the next big thing. He did, he, it was a nice piece of play, a nice piece of uh, twisting and turning down the left, but um, he managed to get the drop on uh, uh, Ake, and uh, Rashford, who is in form, no, um, knows better not to miss the goals from six yards out, Bernard
2: Yeah, well my frustration uh, When you look back at that decision then My frustration then moves to City, to be honest with you My frustration, I touched upon it early on My frustration turns to how we react to these things And the lack of a leader on the pitch, etc Listen, we, we're frustrated, we're, we've surrounded the referee We're angry, right, we're very angry let's turn that anger into something positive right but city after that equalizer went in and we, we, there was no sort of shoring up of the defense for 5 minutes you know let's just keep it tight for 5 minutes it's basic sunday league football stuff this isn't well, this isn't what we do this isn't what isn't what pep's very good at we just needed to do that. We just needed to put men behind you, the ball. You mean kick it into Rosette, basically? But just put um, men behind the ball. I mean, you know, we still give them the freedom of Old Trafford. we still give Ganache, whatever he's called, uh, Ganache, the freedom of Old Tra- to run at us. We still give Rashford uh, time and space to to get in behind us. And all we had to do was for someone, even if it's Pep at the side, just say, like, get in his play... Get, get a fine, get booked, I don't care what it is. Get the players in a huddle, I don't care. Waste time, it doesn't matter. It's our time as well. Uh, get into trouble, get a fine for court. But someone just make a decision to get the lads together to say, listen, look, it's one-all. It's not a disaster. We can still win this. We can still go on and win this game. United aren't, aren't, top, aren't that great. We can do this. and We just don't have it. We just don't have that ability on the pitch through a player or off the pitch, Pep doesn't seem willing to, to sort of do it. He'll sit down and throw his bottle in, uh, on the ground. But we needed somebody then just to step up and grab that game by the scruff of the neck and say, listen... It's one-all. We don't let another one in. If that means putting, you know, if that means Rodri actually does some defensive, midfield defensive stuff instead of trying to create stuff, then that's what he does. It's as simple as that. I think if Stones and Diaz had been in, at the back, I don't I don't think we would have perhaps, uh, I think we would have put made a better fist of that last uh, 10 or 15 minutes. I just wasn't impressed at all. And that, that really annoys me. All credit to United. They got the goal. But uh, we just showed a total lack, Uh, Common, for 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 a a team that's won so many things and a lot of players with a lot of experience, we are so bloody naive sometimes, and it that really once I got over the anger of the referee and the linesman for that offside. I'm sorry, my anger turned to the city players. I, I thought it was absolutely pathetic, and then once that goal had went in, it was all over. We, we were never going to get back into it, and and we just, yes, we've been frustrated and let down, but then we let ourselves down as well, and that really, you know, on reflection, when I when I sit down and think about it, that's what angered me perhaps more than let you know uh, having that goal scored against us. Well, uh,
0: Ray Bernard is uh, exactly
2: Steven. right. Steven.
0: It's exactly right. the The word I think uh, Bernard was uh, stretching for is the word "nouse," you know, mm-hmm. the yeah. informal word "nouse." And Ray, a fully fit Ruben Diaz, that that is not going in that uh, that winner. I think. Uh, what do you think? I think we'd have defended it was if Stones in being there. I think we defend that better. I don't know.
1: Was was Carl Walker up, right up the pitch? Did no, it would, been, it would have been
0: Ruben Diaz to to get rid of that one.
1: What I mean is, Walker wasn't there. Where well,
2: were the bodies? Yeah, I mean, he just didn't yeah. seem to. The bodies back.
1: When that? Okay, we had. If I, I'm trying to remember the actual thing in my head, but I think at one stage we had. Was it two men back? They had three men on us. Yeah, we had yeah. Three men yeah. on our left. They had two men coming down our left. That, that Gaspacho, whatever his name is, is right. Super for player. I don't know what his name is. Gaspacho. Gaspacho. Uh, Garnacho. 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 Okay. Um, uh, he, he peeled off to the left. There were two men there. There were two men going for that ball. He peeled off to the left with the ball. I don't know who, uh, whoever it was, went into the middle. So whoever was left, you know, a right back in effect, because Walker certainly weren't there, had two players to think about. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed that we didn't have the bodies. And then when we did have the bodies, I, th- I think some of the defending, they were unlucky because in the old days, well, even the even the new days, I think they were unlucky because Rashford was standing in a to Rashford. Rashford would have, would have been offside. Our defenders had left Rashford because he was, as far as they were concerned, in an offside position. But because Gasparcio had played it backwards, Rashford was was onside because the rules are the ball's going to be played forward for the offside. So I think they were a little bit unlucky there. But the, sh- the, look, the defending was shocking, you know, to even allow him to be there. And um, to get that second when he had the second bite of the cherry to get the crossing you know you've got to be stopping that we had two men there you you cannot be letting people put a crossing and then he, he popped it through Edison's legs uh, I tell you what Big Willie would have saved that Big Willie Caballero uh, he'd have just bent down and saved that no problem but it went straight through Edison's legs 2-1 and did you really look like we're going to score after that not sure you know we had a, a bit of the ball a bit of a, a, bit of a, a go for it but we're a bit we had a bit more intensity which would be nice to have seen that earlier on um but really I, I we didn't we didn't create we didn't have another shot on target so for the remaining 8 8 minutes and plus 5 minutes of injury time nothing um devoid pretty much of ideas creativity opportunities flair uh it, you know and, and i've said this for a, for several weeks we look boring we're a boring side to watch really not just boring really boring you know you're watching the game, and if I'm at home, I will be fiddling around with my phone or on my laptop. It's boring to watch City, even at games. You, th- you know, you're thinking I'm falling asleep here, Um, it's turgid football, and it's nothing exciting. We used to have lots of possession in the past. You know, seventy odd percents, you know, seventy-five, seventy-seven percent possession in games, and we might be a
0: bit slow. We we, we did have that in this we game have, too, though, Ray. Sorry, we did have um, over seventy percent possession. Sorry. Saying, yeah, in, in the past, in, when we had that, we in looked better.
1: But we looked better. We looked a bit more exciting. We looked like we wanted to move a bit quicker. And it, we're just we're just too slow. We're just too slow. And it's it, I'll repeat, it's boring football. You know, partly as I, it's always partly the opposition's fault as well because they play so defensively. But from us, we're not breaking these down. No, perhaps most of the last. Five, the last five seasons, Pep's generally found a solution. He's found a way to break teams down, and we stagger over the line, in, in, in most cases, and, and win the Premier League title. But I don't see where that inspiration's coming from. It, watching it right now, the team is not is well below the sum of the parts, well below. And it's always, in my opinion, when we've been a good city side, it's always been the other way around, where you can have players like Vashenko <laughs> or Delft playing. You know, you can have Otamendi playing and still win titles. I just can't see it right now,
0: Bernard. Um, let's go over to you. And um, and uh, on the back of this defeat, how do you see? Well, well. First of all, tell us what's next up for City. And tell us uh, what you think is going to happen in the next few games.
2: Yeah, well, a lot of people are saying we've got 19 games left, but we've actually got 20. We've only played, we've only played 18 games, so the, uh, people are getting a bit confused. I think City Live was saying it was 19 games left, so I think a lot of people were watching that programme, obviously, for, for duff information. Uh, yeah, so the next one, obviously, that will leave us with 19 games halfway through the season is, of course... Uh, the old spuds, isn't it? Old spuds at the Etihad. I'm not overly worried. We've got a reasonable record at the Etihad again. So I think the last 10, we've won six, drawn two and lost two. So not a total disaster. It's obviously their place where we I wouldn't particularly want to be going after the back of two defeats. Uh, and yeah, as Ray said, we didn't have a really reaction to the Everton game. We didn't particularly have a reaction to the Southampton game, uh, so we are uh, now going to need a reaction to this game. So we're going to see players like Alvarez. I mean, I think that's probably what is what's Pep going to do. Is he going to shake things up? Uh, I think he needs to. But you know, with our squad now, with the injuries, it's probably down to about fifteen or sixteen, and three of them are goalkeepers. He doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of option really. We just need it's the players. Sorry, Bernard. So, Is Diaz back now? Who's Diaz. that? Sorry. Ruben Diaz. I, I was no, I think It's still February, isn't it? He's back. Yeah. Oh, no, he still positive. looks like February. Uh,
0: yeah, there. i I'm going to ask Ray. Ray, if we lose against Tottenham, I'm going to be going to my doctor and asking for a prescription of Xanax. This is not gonna be. This is not gonna be we'll good. Be, we'll beat. We'll beat Tottenham. Don't worry. We'll beat
2: Tottenham. Well, I if, if we, I'm absolutely confident. I think Alvarez will get a start, and I think he'll score a couple. And uh, uh, old Mister Lummox, so the that big Lummox up front, will, might knock a couple in as well. I think. Uh, I was gonna, I think we'll be all right. I think if if
1: we lose to Spurs, Mike, you should be going to uh, <laughs> the your doctor for a, for a prescription of pep out pills. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Forget the pep-up pills, pep-out, pep-out pills if we lose against Spurs. And I actually think um, I'm going to make sure we win, Okay, We will beat Spurs because I'm going to do my... I used to have this prize draw earlier in the season. And every time I said... I started after Haaland's second hat-trick. I think that was against United, uh, I think. And I started this thing where I said if Haaland scores a hat-trick... I'll, uh, on, on my Twitter uh, account, I said I'd offer a, a prize draw where someone would win a, a, um, a Haaland shirt, brand new Haaland shirt, Man City Haaland shirt. Anywhere in the world, I'll send that. And ever since then, Haaland didn't score a hat-trick, but we were winning games. So I think I'm going to have to reinstall that prize draw, and I guarantee we beat Spurs on thir- Thursday night. That's, nice that's a game that's, of footy
0: Thursday night. That's that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. OK, guys. That did five one, and you wanted to hear that. That didn't work out, didn't it? <laughs> I, I I know, I know, guys. It, it was painful. It was painful, and we're going to have to eat this uh, for the next couple of days, which means that Mike stays off social media, which is probably a damn good thing. But um, anyway, guys, um, uh, any other business? AOB. What's going on apart from what's going on on the pitch? Any ideas? Bernard?
2: Well, I thought you'd you'd have a mention of a certain a certain team up the east lanks uh right I think there's a couple of teams up the East lanks are not doing very well are they mate uh, we like...
0: we should we should mention that because it because i'm because Bernard I'm still waiting for for the post match pint and i i I've been they're very very <laughs> they're very, very quick with it, but it's like it's like two hours after the game, and I still can't get to see those Liverpool tears.
2: Well, I mean, you want to see the Everton tears as well, mate. It must be pretty depressing over on Merseyside at the moment uh, to get beat home by... Uh, uh, so Who's going to lose? What sort of team loses to Southampton? Come on, I mean, what, what sort of rubbish no team would lose to Southampton? But uh, there you go, it's, it's I, I, very interesting. The good thing is that, you know, it'll help
1: Everton to get relegated, which I think they truly deserve. Um, so, you know, you're looking at the table right now, Forget about the top, you know. We, we're not. We're not. Um, we didn't do ourselves any favours today. So let's forget about the top and think about the bottom. I think uh, last time I looked, there were three teams on 15 points. Uh, I think there was Everton there on 15 points, uh, West Ham on 15 points, um, and um, who else was down there? Southampton, Southampton on 15. So it'd be nice if those, those go down. And look, look how quickly things can change. You know, Nottingham Forest, who were look, uh, you know, uh, marooned. Uh, at the bottom, and now I've got 20 points, you know, it's only 5 points clear, and their goal difference is shocking, but they got 20 points, and it shows what you can do, you beat a few teams around you, look what you can do, um, and you look what's happening, Leicester are dragged back into it, Wolves are going the right way, Bournemouth, are, I think Bournemouth, you know, the bottom four. Uh, uh, I, th- I think are going to be the ones to worry, you know, um, but, yeah, yeah, um...
0: Well, while you're while you're ruminating, let me ask uh, Bernard. Bernard, um, Liverpool being beaten three uh, nil by Brighton. Now, there's a reason why the post match pint is um, being delayed. They're trying to think of um, something positive to say about that. Is there anything positive that can come out of that kind of result?
2: not at the moment uh, but you know they could they are probably cheer for, they would probably have a, a good a good morning so uh, they've, the,
0: they've got the second greatest striker in the league in Darwin Nunez.
2: well i mean they, they didn't have a great morning did they i mean the two probably their two most hated teams were at it and they probably <laughs> uh, slightly more, more hated than we are uh, actually won the game and then they had to go to brighton and suffer that against a team who Whose managers just? I mean, me, any us, us three could have gone in and just carried on what uh, Mr. Potter had been doing at Brighton, like this new guy's doing, and Brighton are looking quite impressive. But hey, so what? I mean, Liverpool, what ninth is it now? Ninth, twenty-eight points. Okay, it's uh, yeah, they'll go on a run. Uh, they're like us, we've got we still got twenty games left, so why not? If we if we can go on a run, perhaps Liverpool can as well.
0: Uh, Ray, what what kind of spin do you think the Anfield rap will put on a three 0 gaffing at, at Brighton? There's no spin they can
1: put on that. You know, lousy display. M- one of my Liverpool friends, you know, basically he was having a real pop at them uh, during the game. So um, no, there's no there's no positive spin you're going to get on that. They've lost the last two games uh, to Brentford and Brighton now. Um, you know, all the bees. Um, so let's I don't know who to play next, but let's hope they lose that as well. Um, you know, like Bernard, I think they're going to run, but they're now seven points off fourth spot. you know Newcastle have dropped to fourth, seven points ahead of Liverpool and I think they'll good enough to make that back. but the more they don't win games, the further other teams will pull away from them. So you know he is hoping they don't make top four and even though I don't think he's going there, Jude Bellingham won't go there because they're going to miss out on Ch- Champions League money. Big, big difference that
2: makes. Um, they've and... got three interesting games coming up in the league, haven't they? They've got uh, uh, Chelsea at home, then uh, obviously they've got to play the derby very soon, and of course they've got to go to Newcastle as well. So they've got some, <laughs> they've got some uh, interesting games. Not no obvious wins, uh, nailed-on wins coming up just in the near future for them.
0: Mhm. Okay. Um... Just finishing off now, guys. I mean, it's been um, uh, a great run, a great pod. Uh, final thoughts from Bernard. Bernard taking a look at the uh, the league table, which you can easily do by just flicking over there to the BBC website, um, and taking a look at what's happened so far. I don't know about you, Bernard, but I'm just I'm just unconvinced by Arsenal. I I don't know what it is. I I, I maybe it's just History, maybe it's just—I um I don't uh, pre assumptive biases or something. But I just, I just, I just don't get it. I tell you what, it
1: is—it's the fact they've won fourteen, drawn two, and lost one out of seventeen games. That must be it. That must be what is so unconvincing about Arsenal. Come on, mate! Fourteen <laughs> out of seventeen games—they've drawn two and lost one. If that was City, you'd be jumping up and down. They look convincing right now, yes they might lose a few games it's very hard to sustain that level
0: of performance,
1: but they've won 14 out of 17 league games Are you, about,
0: are, are you saying I'm being unfair to them then, Ray?
1: Absolutely, they've they put a shockingly great run of form for half the season, if they double their points from where they are now, and they've got 21 games to go, they're going to get best part of 100 points don't, you know, you've got to give other people credit occasionally.
2: Yeah, it let, beats let, them up. Let, let's be honest about it. I mean, most neutrals and ourselves today, we watched the second and third in the Premier League. Would you say that was a, 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 a sort of a, a masterclass in football today from the teams that sat second and third? So, hey, listen, Arsenal, if they're doing it, why Why not? Because at least, at least they're getting the, the wins on the board. That's all that matters. And they're not playing. Uh, they're doing the two things, Mike. They're getting the wins on the board. And they're playing some
1: attractive football. It's what we want to see. We're not getting the wins, and we're playing some shite football right now. So we are, I think, quite understandably frustrated. We're not, we're not like the old uh, legacy big six or big four, top four, and all that. You know, uh, who feel they've got some divine right to win everything. I think we've got a divine right to expect our team to put in the effort which we didn't see against Southampton and put in decent half decent performances and create opportunities. I think we can we've got a right to expect that. We better start putting it right uh, otherwise our title challenge this season is going to fall away and I think some players will fall away. I'm sick inside of Bernardo coming out in interviews and saying he, he, you know he's been looking to leave. You know I I I I, re, I I restrained myself about what I was going to say there. Because if you keep saying that, then F off, buddy. Do one. Um, and I've said it before. Maris has been here a long time. KDB, Gunduwan have been here a long time. They're all, all wrong side of 30 now. Now, you can argue players look after their bodies better and complain to the mid-30s. I agree. But I think we need some quality, hungry young players. And I said a, a season or two back, you know... I, I'd have been knocking on the door for Saka. Now, Saka's blossomed. Arsenal are doing well. He ain't going to leave. Maybe a season or two back. That that could have been a possibility when they were shite. So, I, I think we need some exciting young talent. Our own exciting young talent has stalled a bit in in, in Foden and Palmer. Um We need a bit of a shake-up, you know. And Pep's the only one in, in line for that. But if the players aren't listening to him, then Pep can do one as well.
0: So, Bernard, <laughs> is, uh, is, is Ray right? Should we just... Um... Uh, get down on our knees and, and uh, like in Wayne's world, say, We are not worthy. We are not worthy. <laughs>
2: well, I call it, it's like anything. You've got to be realistic, haven't you? And City, before the World Cup, without playing particularly well, apart from that October peak that Ray mentioned. Uh, and you've got to be realistic about it, and there, there is a problem there. We can't put our finger on what it is. The race, we need a bit more hunger. But it's it's the time to play uh, Alvarez a bit more. It's the time to play Rico Lewis a bit more. Give give him a chance. You know, I'm not too sure about Palmer, but I think Palmer's probably a bit pissed off himself that he's he's, he's not you know he's he's not quite done it, and he's he's on the verge, but it's not he's not it's not happening. So. Yeah, twenty game, twenty games left. Let, let's finish on a positive. But at the end of the day, I, I just want to be disappointed about today. I'm, I'm vastly disappointed with what happened off the pitch, as far as officialdom is concerned. And yes, I am disappointed with what happened on the pitch for most of the game as well. And that's uh, uh, and any derby, whether it was eight, the eights, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the olds or the tens. I, I want my I want City to to put 100% effort in. And uh, if they did today, it was certainly misplaced because we we didn't actually see results on the pitch. So that's all all I ask of our team, don't we? Ask them to give 100%, match the work rate, as I think Ray mentioned early on. And then we've got a chance. But today, yeah, on the face of it, we were robbed. But on the face of it, uh, they were slightly the better team, which a team that finished 35 points behind us, was it last season? Uh, that's a hell of a change round, so you can't tell me there's not some sort of problem there. All right, guys, as
0: we finish the pod, let's go over to the two guys for their final thoughts, and hopefully, uh, when the guys give uh, you their final thoughts, there will be a tiny positive message in there, but we'll go to Ray first. Ray,
1: your final thoughts. My final th- your <laughs> positive message. The positive message is this um, this, this pod's nearly over. That's a positive message, and we can stop wallowing in our in our own self-pity about what, what the team team have done. Um, you know, I, I, there must have been some effort there at some point, but I blinked and missed it from City today. Uh, the only positive is, I don't think we can play much worse than in what we've done in our last two games. I just don't think we can, and the Everton debacle that, that was. Um, and, and if we can't, like I said, Pep can do one. If we can't turn this around in the next two or three games... You know, I don't think we're in any sense of entitlement to win the league, but we have a as I said before, we have a sense of entitlement to see our team put the effort in, to work hard, to have some some, not to use brainless systems like playing Carl Walker at centre back. Um, you know, t- to be sensible about our approach. So. You know, I'm yeah I'm I'm frustrated. I have got a little bit of um, anger, but I'm frustrated with the the manager and the players and the, and what we're doing. Obviously, the f- officials were the icing on the cake today. But you know, I'm, I've been disappointed with with our players and manager for the last several weeks. And uh, you know, it was, it was a kick in the ball today to, to lose to United, especially the way we did it.
0: Well, was let's that- go over to Bernard and uh, we'll sorry. We'll give um, enough. We'll, well, yeah, that that that'll do. We'll go over to Bernard for final thoughts, but we'll put a little sting in the tail of uh, Bernard's question. Bernard, um, final thoughts, and I did notice there's been quite a lot of people on Twitter saying uh, Pep has run his course. He's done done everything that he could do. He's not going to win as the Champions League. We need to move on. That is very depressing. What do you say, Bernard?
2: Well, it's a bit depressing after we've just extended his contract for two years, isn't it? That's not not, not the greatest thing to hear. But uh, no, what can we say? Yes, we have we are disappointed. We've been disappointed in Pep, even though, even when we've been winning things. Of course, we have. We think we could have done better. Uh, but he's a great manager, of course he is. And there is a problem there. He'll know there's a problem there. Uh, and I'm sure he's with his number two that I can't remember the name of now. Uh, I'm sure they're there now at Charlie home Carole. with a bottle of wine. Brille, Brille. I'm sure two. they're there now in his lounge at home with a bottle of wine sorting out. So uh, planning the comeback and, of course, planning the slaughter of Tottenham, which will uh, start this start this uh, charge to <laughs> our third title on the trot.
1: Pep's number two, Charlie Caroli.
2: <laughs> the clown. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Charlie Carullo. Might as well be Charlie Chaplin at the moment. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, guys. Onwards and upwards.
2: You. Onwards and upwards, Blues.
0: Uh, onwards and upwards. Thank you very much, guys, for listening to this pod. Um, it has been a bit of a pity party, Um, but we will be... Party. As, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, with the confident predictions of uh, Ray and Bernard, I'm looking forward to a massive, scorching win. Against Tottenham, we're going to um, peel those yeah.
1: buds. We're going to peel those buds next week.
0: <laughs> I hope so. Well, listen. Thank you very much, guys, for coming on the pod, and we'll finish off in the normal way, as you would expect. Thanking the two guys for coming on and saying, "Have one on us, Blues." And if it, if you have to drown your sor- your sorrows, then we understand that. But have one on us, and up the blues, up the blues, up the blues. Up the blues.